Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Dr. Jim Richards. Jim Richards has over 40 years of successful ministry, including outreach to the Philippines, pioneering churches in America, conducting leadership conferences, and pastoring a local church in Huntsville, Alabama. As a best-selling author, he has also published dozens of books and ministry development programs. Let's dive into the message. In the Hebrew, the word for heart is a really interesting word because the Hebrew letters uh, for the word heart, there are two letters in there that both have to do uh, with the heart. And, and in Hebrew, when a word has two letters uh, that, that have to do with the heart, it's talking about making a heart-to-heart connection with God. And you see, that's the only kind of connection God wants with us. God has never wanted a legalistic, ritualistic, religious connection with us. He has wanted it to be a heart-to-heart, Him loving us, us loving Him, being open and sharing, and Him being able to influence Him and, and, and our lives and give us wisdom and lead us down the path of life and us be able to trust Him and enjoy this journey. And, and it's supposed to be a relationship a heart-to-heart relationship. So from time to time, I like to share some of the things from heart physics. And uh, I can't go too deep into it, uh, into the heart physics part of it because there are exercises that you do because in heart physics, we move you from gathering information to experiencing truth and, and experiencing the truth in personal connection with God. So we're going to be talking about something today, and, we, and actually we just had a heart physics weekend by this same title called The Stress Antidote. Now I want you to realize something. There are all kinds of statistics out there about stress, and it's, it's just according to who you ask, but one, you know, some sources say that uh, 90 to 95% of all sicknesses are in some way related to stress. I'm not saying stress caused them. I'm not saying stress is the only factor. Uh, you, you know, in, in a lot of countries, uh, uh, the sickness is just because of poor hygiene. As a matter of fact, the greatest breakthroughs in health that we've had in America uh, in, in centuries has been, has been uh, uh, hygiene. Hygiene has to do more with the improved health rate in the United States uh, than anything else. Uh, uh, more really, according to some medical research, more than even you know, the development of, of modern medication. So, so I'm not saying stress is the only factor, but I'm telling you, stress is a factor. It alters how your brain works. It alters how your body works. It alters everything about you. And there is only one true antidote for stress, and that is the peace of God. Now, I want you to notice, and today I'm talking to you about what I call not just any peace. Because we know that there is a false peace. We know that you can have false hope that will cause your 
emotions to calm down. It will cause your, your, your fear level to go down. But when, it, when that hope is not based on reality, then you're going to have a disappointment and you're going to have a shock when everything falls apart. And, and that you're going to discover that the peace that you had was a false peace. And we've all had false peace where we got our hopes up, where we believed a lie, where, you know, whatever. And we know, interestingly, you know, one of the, one of the greatest signs of the end time is when the, a man of false peace arises, and the Bible calls him the Antichrist, and he's going to offer a peace to the world because, see, turmoil is growing in the world. And people who don't know how to have the peace of God, they're going to be looking for somebody to give them answers. They're going to be looking for somebody to, to bring them to a state of peace where they can have a tranquil state of mind, where they can get out of this incredible fear that they're in. Well, I want to tell you something. I don't want to be somebody that's looking out here to the circumstances trying to find peace in my heart. I don't want to be somebody that's so desperate and so shook up that I can be deceived by false promises and by lies. You know, one of the reasons so many people are easily deceived, uh, one reason is just desperation. When you are desperate, you want to believe something good. You want to believe the answers that people give you. And the truth is, if you weren't desperate, you, you would never believe them. If you were looking at this from a safe place and somebody else was doing it and believing some of the things that we believe, we would immediately know they're being deceived. This is not real. But I tell you, desperation puts you in a place where you want to believe it. You want to hear some, some good news. Of course, there's another thing that, that causes people to be deceived, and that is their own greed or their own lust. We get to wanting something because of the benefit that we think it's going to bring us. So we close our eyes to reality. We see what we need to see. We hear what we need to hear. Well, I want to tell you something. God is a God of peace. Now, that, that's an amazing thing. And you see, one of the things that causes the world to be deceived and one of the things that causes the world to not enjoy the peace of God is because number one, most of the world, most of the Christian world doesn't see God as a God of peace. They see him as the God who's always trying to hurt them, who's always doing something unpredictable. The God who can't be, his ways can't be known. You can't understand what he's going to do. And, and, and you know he's always going to do something bad to you to try to teach you something. At least that's what religion tells you. I want to tell you something. You can't reconcile the religious view of God with the biblical view of God that he is a God of peace. And until you see him as the God of peace, then, then the real truth is you can never truly experience the peace of God. Uh, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You know, when you begin looking at all the concepts of, uh, and all the times that peace is mentioned in the Bible, you start realizing, man, it uh, seems like most of the Christian world doesn't have a, as high of a premium on peace as God does. It seems like, uh, honestly, most of us are more interested in taking our stand and doing what's right for God than we are in having peace. And, and so... Unfortunately, that makes us hostile, makes us misrepresent God, but, but we think that we're, that we're doing the right thing by fighting against all the, you know, all the sin in the world or, or whatever. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In other words, He came and showed us how to have 
peace with God. He not only showed us how to have peace with God, He created the opportunity that if we would accept it, we could accept and experience the, the peace of God. Now, the amazing thing is this. You know, I hear people talk about the new covenant all the time. Well, I, you know, I, I wrote a book, golly, 20, 25 years ago called The Gospel of Peace. And, and it's amazing. I hear people talking about the covenant, the covenant, the covenant, the covenant. And honestly, the way they describe the covenant, first and foremost, they don't realize that God himself called it the covenant of peace. The new covenant is the covenant of peace. It is a covenant that God made with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He didn't make it with you. You know, people are always like about, you know, I'm in covenant with God. I'm in covenant with God. Well, you are through the Lord Jesus Christ, but you do not have your own personal covenant with God. Now, if you had your own personal covenant with God, I got news for you. It wouldn't be much of a covenant of peace because if you have a personal covenant with God, then you have to uphold your end of the agreement in order for the covenant to stay intact. And if you're, if you're part of the agreement is that you've got to do everything right, that you can't fail at any point. Well, I got news for you. There is no peace in that because you know you're going to fail. And when you do fail, you got to lie, you got to justify, you got to blame yourself. And you know, that's part of the reason, and I hate to say it, that's part of the reason so, so many Christians struggle with self-righteousness and, and finger pointing is because, is because they don't understand that we are in a covenant of peace. And the reason we can have peace in this covenant is because Jesus himself solidified the covenant by living a righteous life without sin and conquering sin and death and being raised from the dead and believing the truth all the way to receiving the inheritance. And through him, the inheritance is absolutely sure. We don't have to wonder about it. So the covenant is called a covenant of peace. Well, interestingly, the gospel, as I just mentioned, is called the gospel of peace. The message that should make the world or will make the world fall in love with God if they believe in it is the fact that God has made peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who wants to enter into this peace can believe on what Jesus has done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And they are on the pathway to peace. Man, that, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, I can remember the time in my life when really uh, peace was not that important to me. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't start out this way on my journey with God, but I, I was influenced to believe, like I said earlier, that the most important thing was to, you had to take your stand. And, and you know, when you've always got to take your stand, and, you know, it wasn't that I was that judgmental or critical of everybody else, you know, any more, you know, any more than anybody struggles with. And it wasn't like I was, you know, pointing out people's faults, but I would take my stand. And at the end of the day, taking my stand usually did not consummate in bringing peace to a situation. It usually brought more conflict to a situation. Man, I can remember the day when I realized that I was, I was really not, I was violating the wisdom of God. I wasn't following the teachings of neither the Old Testament the teachings of Jesus, nor the teachings of the epistles. Because, you know, Paul tells us as much as it lies within us to seek peace with all men. And I can remember when I had to admit, you know what, that is really not a very high priority for me. And, you know, something I had to deal with it, I had to work it through. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna share some things with you that I have spent the the last 30 plus years walking out, discovering, growing in, and understanding from the scripture uh, about how to live in peace, showing you God's incredible passion to have peace with you and for you to have a unique kind of peace, not a peace that the world goes. Matter of fact, Jesus said, He says, Listen, I'm offering you peace, but not peace like the world gives. I used to read that scripture and I had absolutely no concept of what that meant. In the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 4, we have this famous scripture. Nearly everybody can quote this scripture, but I don't know that we really get the context of it. It says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul is writing, he says, be anxious for nothing. So really, we should not be in a state of anxiety. We shouldn't be in a state of fear. We shouldn't be in a state of panic. But in all things that we should give thanks and, and supplication, let our requests be made known to God. And then he goes on to say that the peace of God uh, that passes understanding will keep our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Now, I want, to, I want to just dive into something here that is so incredibly important, and this is just introductory level to the peace of God. Again, we are not talking about a peace that the world gives. We are, we are not just saying that God wants you to come to a place to have a tranquil state of mind. You know, you could do that and as, as a Buddhist. You could do that uh, in, almost, in almost any religion. There are some religions that are built on violence and, and that sort of thing. But, but many religions give you ways to, to just reach a state of peace. But the problem is that state of peace isn't abiding because it has no foundation. It has no root in God, nor does it have any root in the covenant that God made through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is a covenant of peace. If I want to participate in the peace of God, then one of the things that's absolutely essential is that I enter into this covenant and understand the provisions of this covenant that I have with Jesus. The world, even most of the Christian world, doesn't know that there's a covenant of peace. And our concept of peace, the religious concept of peace is laboring hard enough and long enough and strong enough and making enough sacrifices so that God does not get angry with me. And one of the things that we don't realize is that in and of itself absolutely violates the covenant of peace and violates the peace that God is offering us. You know, uh, the book of Leviticus which not many people read or study. And when people do read or study it, they do it from really attaching negative connotations to almost everything that, everything that it says. Uh, you know, it's amazing how we take something that was so good, that was, that was so filled with promise, and turn it into something incredibly negative. Because, see, we still don't look at God the way Jesus represented him. We don't go back and read the Old Testament and say, okay, let me read this and understand this in light of what Jesus taught. 
We fail to understand that for hundreds of years, uh, the Hebrews became more and more legalistic, more and more ritualistic, more and more fear-based. God was never fear-based. God never wanted people to, to do what they did because they were afraid that He would hurt them or bring pain into their life. Many people say, well, what about these scriptures that talk about the fear of God? Well, I'll tell you something. In, in the original language, and if you were talking to a Hebrew, he would understand that the fear of God, the reverence, the awe of, of this almighty God and the respect that you had for him and the love that this inspired in you, that more than anything else, your greatest fear was breaking the heart of God. Your, 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 it was because of the relationship that you had with him. It wasn't because you were afraid that he was going to hurt you. Now, the, the theme of the book of Leviticus is be holy because God is holy. Now, man, we, we, we read these concepts of holiness and we think about, oh, man, got to be perfect, got to be flawless. And again, we interpret this stuff with a legalistic mindset that puts us in stress and we can't come into this, into this state of peace, into this peace of God. Well, you see, all of the sacrifices that the children of Israel made, the other religions of the world made pretty much the same sacrifices. And, you know, we had our priests, they had their priests. We had our holy places, they had their holy places. We had animal sacrifices, they had animal sacrifices. But what was the difference? See, if you want to understand what holiness is, one of the best ways to start that is to understand the opposite of holiness. See, the opposite of holy is common. God was uncommon. Being holy means you're uncommon. You are not like everybody else. God was a God unlike all of the other gods that the pagans worshiped. Because you see, they brought all of their sacrifices to pacify the wrath of their angry gods. They brought all of their sacrifices to, to uh, 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 try to appease an angry God in order to avoid His wrath. All of God's sacrifices were given so that a God of love who desired to relate to His people could make a way that their sins and their trespasses could be dealt with and that they would not have to suffer those consequences. In other words, it was God initiating and expressing His desire to be in fellowship with Him. I'll tell you, when a Hebrew brought a sacrifice, he knew that, that he went with thanksgiving. He, he, if he was in faith, he went with thanksgiving and appreciation because he knew, I should be the one dying, not this sacrifice. I should be the one paying the price for this sacrifice. God is a holy God. He's unlike all the other gods. He wants this relationship with me. Because if I'm in relationship with Him, then all of my needs are being met because I am abiding in this covenant. See, God always is, God is always seeking peace with us because in that state of peace, we can trust Him. In that state of peace, we can be honest with Him. We can deal with our issues. In that state of peace, we can get all of our other needs met so that our relationship with Him, our relationship with our family is not filled with stress and fear and lack and this sort of thing. You see, the peace of God, and we're going we're to go into this and we're going to build on this every week. The peace of God is different from the peace that the world gives. The peace that the world gives is just 
whatever you have to do to get to a tranquil state of mind. Well, you know what? That's why a lot of people drink. That's why a lot of people do drugs. That's why a lot of people do a lot of addictive things is because that's as close to tranquility that, as they ever get is when they're, when they're doing those particular things. But you see, the peace that God gives is a peace that comes. It's a tranquil state of mind that comes by knowing all of your needs are met, all of your desires are can be fulfilled, that God is not seeking to hurt you, that God is at peace with you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You have nothing to fear. So it's a tranquil state of mind that comes from the absolute confidence that knowing all of your needs are met and that you are at peace with your Creator. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.